Good afternoon, everyone. I'm Scott Lewis with Spartan Investment Group here in beautiful Denver, Colorado. And today we're going to talk about the three things that will answer the question, how do you know if investors will trust you with their money? I'd like to start the presentation from a little clip of Wolf of Wall Street to kind of just set the tone for how we're going to go through this. We're a new company with a new name. A company that our clients can believe in. A company that our clients can trust. A firm whose roots are so deeply embedded into Wall Street that our very founders sailed over on the Mayflower and chiseled the name Stratton Oakmont right into fucking rock. You got it? What we're gonna do is this. First we pitch them Disney, AT&T, IBM, blue chip stocks exclusively. Companies these people know. Once we suckered them in, we unload the dog shit, the pink sheets, the penny stocks, where we make the money. 50% commission, babe. So even though it's a movie, and, and we all know it's based on a true story, it's hard to believe that firms like this actually exist out there, but they do. Um, I personally have been a part of a couple of them, a couple of syndications that haven't gone very well, and one of them I had to sue the operators to get my money back. And uh, my business partner, Ryan, is in one now that we think is a Ponzi scheme. It's being investigated by the SEC, but these things do exist. And it's one of the things that causes some trepidation for private investors out there to invest in deals um, that are private, that are not scrutinized by the SEC. So really, you have to be able to, to get investors comfortable and trust you with their money. And really, there's three things that I believe that if you get right, you'll be able to raise millions of dollars, uh, and that is your team, your culture, and your answers. And I'll talk a little bit about why I have your answers up there. And you know what isn't up here are the financials. To raise millions of dollars, uh, you're not going to be able to do it on your financials alone. In fact, it'll be secondary to these three things. So let's go ahead and get into it and start by talking about your team. And there's really three areas of your team that you have to truly understand and be able to articulate to uh, current and potential investors. And that's your experience, what resources do you have, and the character of that team. So let's talk about experience. So while understanding and highlighting your track record is important, it's also equally important to highlight how you came to those outcomes from your track record. In her book, Thinking in Bats, Annie Duke talks about decision-making having two components, luck and skill. So when we look at that in the current operating environment, right now, over the past couple years, call it five, five to seven years, there's been a lot of deals out there from operators that didn't have a lot of skilled decision-making, but were getting lucky, maybe through cap rate compression or rent growth or, or some other variable that they can't control, and they're having a positive outcome. That's not a great way to, hi to highlight your track record. What you want is to highlight skilled decision-making even if a deal didn't exactly go the right way because you had some bad luck. For me personally, when I invest, I always look at the skill of the team and their decision-making because I know, uh, based on Annie Dukes and just kind of my own experience, that 
luck always plays a part and you can't control that. So if you get, if you develop a decision-making skill within your team, more often than not, you'll do all right. Let's talk about the gray hair phenomenon, right? Like we always hear in our industry that you want some gray hairs on your team. Well, I wanna challenge that a little bit, probably because I don't have any hair and I'm jealous, but I do wanna talk about uh, a breadth of experience. You can have 30 years of experience, that's garbage. And you can have five years of experience that forges you for the rest of your life. Let me give some examples here. So, you know, for me personally, I'm not that old. I'm in my early 40s. But I will put my planning ability against anybody's. Why? Because I was trained by the United States Army as an infantry officer, and I took that training over to Iraq, and I planned hundreds of combat patrols. And the consequences for that, for getting it wrong, pretty severe. So you can be guaranteed that I didn't miss a single step in those plannings because I came home and so did all my men. So when we look at that, make sure you understand that experience and that just because somebody's been doing something for a long time doesn't mean that they're any good at it and that they've been doing it right. And just because there's a younger team out there doesn't mean that they're going to be a doesn't mean that they're not a set of really good go-getters that have really good experience. So let's talk about resources. So what capabilities does your team have? You really want to highlight the, the capabilities that you bring to that investment because and it's not if, it's when things go bad, you want all of the resources that you can bring. And some of those are gonna be tangential resources. Um, were you in the Peace Corps and you lived in Africa and it was a village with no running water? Well, that to me shows some, some ability to persevere through some pretty austere conditions. So that if things get bad in an investment, you've had that experience to lean on. So don't leave that stuff off. Really highlight that tangential experience and, and what other skill sets that you bring to the fight. Also show your, these potential investors how, like what your team is. Don't hide them, uh, celebrate them and show the breadth of knowledge and depth on your bench. The last thing we'll talk about here is character. How will your team act when things get tough? Do you have the resilience, as Mike Tyson said, that to get punched in the face and still get up, right? Everybody's got a plan until you get punched in the face. Well, your deals, every deal is inevitably gonna have a rough patch. And what's going to happen when that, when that hits? I can give a quick example from my team is one of our RV parks in West Texas got hit by a tornado in March. So not only did the park get hit by a tornado, we also had a pandemic and the worst uh, time in history for oil. It was not a great couple of months, but you know what? Our team dug deep, we demonstrated resilience, we put plans in place, and we were able to give a very small distribution 90 days later. So that's the type of resilience that you wanna highlight to your investors and the, and the type of character that your team has that when things get tough, that's when they really shine. So let's talk about culture. So Peter Drucker says, culture eats strategy for breakfast. And while I love Peter Drucker, I'm gonna challenge that a little bit, that having amazing culture is a strategy. And it's a strategy consisted of three parts, your mission, your vision, and your values. So why is it important to highlight your mission to your investors? Because it shows them why you come to work every day. Money is only going to get you so far. If you have a mission that is larger than yourself, 
and and trying to achieve something, not only will your investors understand that and, and want to be a part of that, but you will be able to recruit better team members to support those investments. Your vision. So at the end of the day, the investors have to understand where you want to go. And the clearer and more articulate you can be with painting that picture for them so they can see where you want to go, that will be absolutely pivotal. And a quick segue into a story, um, we have a strategic plan here at Spartan. And uh, during our first raise many years ago, we were having trouble raising our first dollars. Well, one investor found our strategic plan, asked if they could read it. And of course we said, yes, it's, it's not a, we don't keep it a secret. And then they came back and just the, the day before they had said no. And then they came back and invested us a quarter million dollars with us. Now that doesn't sound like a lot, but this was our first raise. And we asked them, hey, why are you doing that? Like you told us no literally 48 hours ago. They're like, well, we read your plan and we understand where you wanna go and we're going with you. So it's absolutely pivotal to get that vision out there. And the last is values both for you, your team, and then also your investors. What you don't want is a mismatch on values for your investors. You don't want investors that don't drink alcohol when you're buying liquor stores. You don't want investors that all they care about is making money when you wanna go out and take on sustainability, right? Which may offer lower returns, but you believe strongly in that. So you really wanna highlight those values so that investors can align with you and your team and your investments to make sure that you don't get a mismatch. Finally, let's talk about your answers to some very pivotal questions. So when investors call and they wanna to talk to you, you better have answers to some of their questions to allay their concerns and to build their confidence. So what are some of the questions that they could ask you that you have answers for? Will you provide investor references? Well, of course you should be able to, and you should have them at the ready. It should take you no less than one hour if somebody asks you for references to give them back to them. The best thing you can do to gain other investors is have a positive word of mouth, and recommendations from current investors will go a long way. What is your due diligence process? If you can't clearly and quickly articulate your due diligence process, if I'm an investor, you don't have one. So make sure you have that process documented and ready to go because it's one of the key things that will build the confidence to invest with your group. Walk me through a deal that didn't go planned. Maybe you didn't have a deal that lost money, but all of us out there who have been operating and doing deals for more than 10 minutes have had a deal that didn't exactly go as we planned. Don't hide from it. Don't necessarily wear it as a, as a badge of honor. There's a lot of like failure pumping that's going on out there. However, identify what went wrong, how you learned, and what you've put in place to make sure that it doesn't happen in the future. Who do I connect with when I have a question? There should be one point of contact, or, or maybe, maybe two if you're a large firm, that the investors know that when they, when they dial those phone numbers, somebody's gonna answer. When they send that email, it's not going to info at somewhere. They know that somebody's paying attention to that and they're gonna get the answers back. What are your exit strategies? Make sure you have multiple courses of action to, to be able to communicate what happens in various scenarios to get everybody's money back. And finally, what is something really hard you've gone through in life? This is a question we often get asked and you can make it personal or you can make it professional, whatever you're comfortable with. 
what they're getting at is do you have the resilience to not quit when things get tough because they will get tough and just some final thoughts there's three things I really want to leave you with establishing your values is very important this is one of the most important things that you can do to raise money because it's going to align everything else your values will dictate how you act how you speak what people you recruit for your team and what investors come into your network it's incredibly important and don't just use words like integrity or character or honesty define those words because words matter and everybody defines things differently leverage all of your experience don't leave anything off the table all of the things that you've done through your life have brought you to where you are today really leverage that and highlight that experience so that you can build that that confidence in investors so they'll start writing larger checks don't commit information fratricide this is a little military jargon here that when you get incongruent information out there like for instance you have a set of values on your website but it doesn't match the flyer that you just gave out because that flyer is three months old and you went through an update and you updated your website but you didn't update those printed flyers because you didn't want to spend the extra five hundred dollars to have them reprinted don't do that any any incongruencies in information can cause doubts and investors and cause them not to invest and you'll never know because they just won't invest with you but they won't tell you the last thing I'll leave you with is a quote from two-time British Prime Minister Benjamin Disraeli due diligence is the mother of good fortune so I highly recommend that you do due diligence on yourself and make sure that all of the three things we talked about in this presentation your team your cultures and your answers are wired tight and ready for thorough scrutiny as you go through and you try to raise millions of dollars of private equity. So with that, I thank you very much for your time. 